two pros at a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox. Coming up on this Football Friday edition, we're going to look into why David Coley was fired and whether or not he actually had a chance to begin with. We're also going to have a conversation about Chris Ballard and his comments regarding the quarterback spot in Indianapolis. Carson Wentz should be very concerned. We're going to have another edition of Shot Callers. We've also got somebody who remembers things a little bit differently than they actually went down in the NFL. We've also got some over-unders. we got a Chargers hype video, and we've got a situation that is not a good one for one team looking for a head coach. All of that is coming up next here. It's two pros at a cup of joe, a Friday edition, Fox Sports Radio. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, you hear that? You hear that? That bass flame? Yeah. <laughs> you hear that bass flame hitting? It's a bass, bass flame. flame. Yeah. yeah. A little bass flame Fridays here little on Fox Sports Radio. Little bass flame, baby. It's uh, two Friday pros flame day, huh? and a yeah. cup of Joe here on flame FSR. You can hang out with us on the iHeartRadio app. You can find us on hundreds of Fox Sports Radio affiliates. It's LeVar Arrington, Brady Hello. Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here. And we're going to take you all the way up until 9 a.m. Eastern time, 6 o'clock Pacific on a Wild card playoff football Friday, like Brady Quinn likes to call it. Bring out the band. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Football. Football. I mean, we don't actually football. Come on. Come on. Who cares? Come on. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Just round up. Come on. We got one tomorrow. Football. Football. Hey, there's some people who won't have any football. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, that's a bummer. Uh, David Culley, uh probably thinking to himself, "Well, man, I made a past Joe Judge. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm probably good here." Oops. Yikes. And then Thursday rolls around and the Houston Texans go ahead and uh, make the move. Uh, David Coley, after one season, four and 13 year, uh, gets fired by the Houston Texans. Uh, they cited, uh, you know, some uh, philosophical differences uh, over the long term <laughs> direction of the program, whatever the hell that means. That was Nick Casario and the Houston Texans who released a statement. Uh, but nonetheless, David Coley, who was put in an almost impossible situation to try and win, is out after one year. And I think the sentiment is that uh, he got pretty much job by the uh, by the Houston Texans organization. You know, I, I am tired of this in the NFL. And, and the reason why I bring this up is somewhat from the coaching standpoint, but also from the player standpoint. At, at some point, you've got to hold an organization accountable for if, if they feel like this decision was a mistake, then hold them accountable. But it almost you almost get the sense sometimes, especially with coaches that are one and dones, that it, it's more about something outside of actually hiring the coach. Like it's about another topic or issue. You know, people, because of, of David Coley's skin color, are going to say, oh, like this is what it's about. I, I don't know if it was about that or not, that that played an issue whatsoever. I just want teams to be able to hire the, the people they feel like give them the best chance to win and give them an actual chance. If a year ago you felt like he gave you the best chance to win, then give him a chance. You didn't give him a chance. They didn't give Steve Wilkes a chance. And, and I know people in Arizona who, were, who said, oh, it was different. You know, it was just a really bad first year. He's a first-time head coach. Yeah. What do you expect? You hired him. Did you think things were going to come out smooth? Did you, did you think he wasn't going to go through – a little bit of learning on his way there. 
I mean, again, I always use the example of Zach Taylor because look at what the first two years looked like, even with Joe Burrow as a rookie. Granted, got hurt, but still, even with him. And by year three, with all the building, everything else they've done, now you see what they're capable of. You could make the same case with Sean McDermott when he first got to Buffalo. We knew he was a great defensive mind, but he finally was able to build that once they got more around Josh Allen, showcased him some stability, and there you see how it works. Why would you hire David Cauley when you full well knew there was going to be an issue with Deshaun Watson, who was everything to your team, and even at that, they were 4-12 and his last year playing, his best statistical year playing. Why would you go through that and hire the guy to only fire him a year later? You knew this was going to be a dumpster fire at times or they were going to have issues. And, and you can t- spare me the whole, well, we brought Nick Casero in after and, you know, their philosophical differences. Okay, man. It's just an excuse. That's the reality. It's an excuse. And it puts players' careers in jeopardy since you've got a head coach at one point that they're playing for that wants them, then the next guy comes in, maybe he doesn't. And now they're kind of thrown into the wind, having no advocate for them. You've got organizations that are making so much money. They're making so much money, they don't care. That's how much these owners are making. It is ridiculous. And they don't care if they move on from that head coach, from Tim Kelly, their OC, from the rest of their coaching staff, because they're making it, they're flush. They're making so much money. So I, I hate to go off on this rant, but the reality is I'm, I'm just tired of seeing it in the NFL, and I, I really don't know how to get around it. Because, the, you know, 31 owners and obviously the 32 teams are going to pretty much operate how they see fit. And we can have Rooney rules in place. We can have other safeguards or things to promote diversity. But it, it, it's not going to matter because the owners just do what they want. And a year after, you know, a year from now, they can make whatever decision and go back on their word that they said it a year before. You know, I think it's all about selling hope. And, and I don't think in self-preservation or in organizational preservation, they don't care about what your skin color is. They don't care about who you are. The only thing they care about is how their bottom line is going to be impacted. And if you feel as though, and, and whatever it is they base it off of, I don't know if it's a gut feeling. I don't know if they sit down and they talk amongst each other in a room, uh, in their war room, I, I, you know, whatever their process is. I'll say I went through this more than most during their career because, I, I mean, I was in a place where I understood what selling hope meant. And if if the team didn't perform on the field, that's one thing. If your your sales team isn't performing off the field, that's a whole other thing. And what are you selling your your lead sponsors, your your big time title sponsors? What are you basing those sales off of? It's off of the belief in there's a chance. This this coach gives us 
a chance. We believe in this, so we're going to do a spend of this. We believe in this player. That player gives us uh, – wow, there's my alarm for, for getting up. Uh, <laughs> this this well, gives – I hope it wasn't on a one day. I had that bad boy on snooze. Was that, that's all that was. Was that 308 Mountain Time? I, I, never, <laughs> I never turned it off and put it on snooze today. Um, you know, I, in Washington, you realize that if the fan base and if and if the the front office was not comfortable with who the person was, like for instance, they were comfortable with with uh, Steve Spurrier, and they were able to sell hope with Steve Spurrier. But the moment they they found or figured out that they couldn't where that 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 buy-in and that hope of this thing turning around was gone, he was gone. It was like every single time a coach showed that the belief or the hope was gone, that they wanted to sell, that coach was gone. And whether they felt that internally as 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 leadership or if they felt it by by the way the sales went down in terms of ticket sales or or selling selling the sponsors they were always making decisions based off of selling hope every single time you went into the off season it was bring in this 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 big name big name free agent and let's do this boom sell hope oh we're 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 sinking what do we do you're at your lowest point of the franchise how do we get out of it oh you you get the guy who had the most wins and and won the most super bowls you get him to come out of retirement and coach your team they're selling hope so all of these teams at the end of the day want to impact their bottom line for those who want to make this into a color thing you can you can turn it into a racial thing if you want to. But at the end of the day, these teams could care less about what your your skin color is. They care about what what color of of the the money that's going into their bank accounts when they sell to their their fan base who's coming in to coach this team and why they're coming in to coach this team. And if they're a, a relatively unknown coach, you're going to get less opportunity and you're going to get less time to prove that you can coach a team and build a team if that organization feels as though the the fan base does not buy in or believe in what this coach brings to the table. Yeah. If you bring in somebody else that you feel is is recognizable enough or you believe that what it is, the product that you can put out there is still believable and viable and viable, they're going to keep that person around especially if it's if financially makes sense to keep that person around. A lot of times we look at these things and we don't understand all of the business that goes into why you keep things the same, why you change them, why you shake things up, but it ultimately comes down to the business of what it is that these guys are trying to do. And that's ultimately what they'll make their decisions off of, whether it makes sense or not to the public, to the media, to people in general. They are going to position themselves to convince their fan base to buy season tickets, to buy the suites, to to buy into the fact that this team is going to be better moving forward. And that's really all you have to sell when you're a team that doesn't win. 
the whole uh, race conversation that yeah, and some people are uh, turning it into that. It's like uh, yeah, well, Cam Cameron would like a word because uh, he got clipped after a year or two in Miami. Oh, like, that stop! Was, dude, I, he just, was awful. I know. I don't understand. I, I'm just saying. Two. I'm just saying. Don't it, even the, compare the, the idea. But the comp, the comp God. is Steve Wilkes because Steve Wilkes in Arizona. That was an awful situation, and the general manager there, Steve Kime, I think he felt the heat. He needed a fall guy, and he needs someone to bail on. The idea that anybody thought that he, this that he David Coley had a chance had any chance. I actually wonder this: what record would have given him a second year? Like, had he won three more games, would he gotten a second year? I don't think there was any chance, other than him getting this team into the playoffs, that he was going to be brought back for year two. I, I think this was this was a preconceived. They already knew ahead of time. Yeah, this is a one and done possibility, but we'll give him twenty two million to walk away. That's what it looks like to me. That's what this is. It's a balloon or a parachute, a golden parachute to walk away. I mean, don't compare to Cam Cameron. Come on. That, it was a disaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah but you, you like, that little, uh, like that little drop there. That little, uh, you could have used Dan Campbell this year. Yeah, a little reference there. How, there. how is you Detroit know? any different? I mean, in all seriousness, I know they were competitive. They covered a lot of spreads. That had more to do with the perception. <laughs> and I think It's funny. If you bring gambling into this conversation – it's funny only because the Detroit Lions, I don't know if they're nine and um, eight or, or, you know, 10 and seven against the spread this season. It just goes to show you how low the expectations were for that organization. Now, contrast that with the Houston Texans. Clearly, there wasn't any expectations given the situation with Deshaun Watson. You're playing a third round quarterback that was a rookie who didn't have a ton of help around him. The guy who flies under the radar every year is Brandon Cooks. Go compare his stats over the past, what, six years, seven years, whatever it's been when he's healthy, to any other receiver. Uh, it's, it's actually shocking how productive he is, but he never gets any attention. And they had some other moments and pieces on their team that, you know, were, I think give you optimism, or as LeVar said, give you hope. But the truth is, on, upon hiring David Coley, you had to have thought – He's a first-time head coach, a first-year head coach. There's going to be some bumps. He's going to learn. We're going to learn. And then we're going to build better in year two, year three, year – I mean, that's how this should go. And so, to me, that hiring was nothing other than optics because of what Deshaun Watson had accused and maybe why he wouldn't play for the McNair family. And it seemed like it was more about optics of putting someone in a leadership role that would, would squash some of the comments that they were worried about getting out. And it's maybe some of the reasons why Deshaun Watson didn't want to play for Cal McNair. Yeah. So it's, you could say whatever you want. I, I just I, I hate how this whole thing is for optics now, and yet David Cauley might not ever get a head coaching job again because of how the Houston Texans set him up to fail with this opportunity. Granted, great. He gets, he gets a lot of money out of it. But, you know, is that really what he wants? Is that what's going to make him happy? Or would he have been happy having a better shot of being a head coach, especially if this is his only shot in the NFL in his entire career? Can I offer this before we go to break? I know we're up against it, but is there a possibility that they felt like bringing in Kali would be the difference in getting Deshaun Watson to want to play for the team again. Now, basing him getting getting Deshaun Watson publicly to say he wanted to play for the team was important even if Deshaun Watson wasn't 
wasn't going to be able to play. When it played out in the media that Deshaun Watson still, after they brought in De- uh, Kali, and and it was based off of, okay, you brought in uh, – because if you recall, you know, Deshaun was upset that he wasn't yeah. – you know, consulted about who the coach right. would be, and and that was initially the, though. Remember, because then they right. ended up interviewing Eric Bieniemy, they ended up interviewing David. Like people thought, right. like, oh, Eric Bieniemy is going to be the next head coach of the Texans. Then, but they were basing it off of it being a, a black man, right? right? Like he was basing it off of that. So they bring in the black man Jeez. for the team. All right, and so the idea of it is is understanding that when when Deshaun Watson said he did not want to do it. He still did not want to play for them. Did did the opportunity for Kali go out the door? Because now you got to sell hope and you have to brace for the fact that you're not going to have your franchise quarterback coming back for this team. They're preparing and they're bracing for not having Deshaun Watson anymore. And and he was not Kali was not able to clean it up going into this season. So therefore, you have to bring in a coach that that sells the hope to the fan base. It's a start anew because it's we braced for it for bracing for not having Deshaun Watson after this season. And Kali doesn't move the needle enough by himself. And there's not another player on this team that moves the needle by themselves to move forward selling tickets and selling hope with this scenario. I think that might be the conspiracy theory that exists here. It's Again, a, that, that might be right. I just it doesn't change the fact that David Cauley in what could be his only head coaching stint has to fall on the sword. I so agree. they can sell hope. You know, that, that's the yeah. thing that rubs me wrong about this entire thing. That amongst all the players who are there for a year and who knows what happens to them, you know, next year. It's a two pros yeah. and a cup of Joe Fox sports radio brought to you by discover real credit card questions require real people. Someone who understands your issues and works to resolve them with you. That's why discover offers helpful us based representatives available 24 seven discover exceptionally common sense. Uh, coming up next here, uh, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox. We've got a situation in the NFL. If you're a quarterback, you should not feel comfortable heading into next year. We'll have that for you right here on FSR. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Two Pros and a Cup of Joe here, Fox Sports Radio. Lavar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox here on FSR. You can uh, listen to this show as always on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, we are going to have a, another edition of Shot Callers coming up uh, later this hour. We can find out how bad Brady was at gambling this past week. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, so make Wait, sure you were stick you the one that, that went 0-3 yeah, for Knox Locks this listen, past I'm, week? I'm Isn't not, that what you uh, advertised I'm last not going to even respond to those erroneous reports and rumors. Mm. I'm not even going to give those I, any sort of attention i'm just telling you my best bet for monday night's game was the under yeah and it hit i'm just trying to figure out what cheat code lavar has for over unders that he wins every week he's just a baller bro yeah. that's hall of fame baby yeah thank you Better that's hall of fame <laughs> thank, thank, you. You. thank you say that thank name you. Thank thank you. You. hall of fame say my name <laughs> say my name say my, my name taste in your mouth uh, oh jesus oh, oh, oh i'm sorry i'm sorry God, that's, i got carried that's away so i'm sorry I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Lord. I got to do better. Oh, I, have to, I have to behave better these days. I'm a Hall of Famer. I deals me. I deals me. All right. So I do want to. Uh, we're going to get to this. Uh, this uh, nine.
not feel good moment for a quarterback in the NFL. But Brady mentioned something here. Do we have any impromptu game show music here? A little impromptu oh. game show here on the air. We have a band uh, for, suit, for the guys. Yeah, they're all wearing N95 masks, so everybody is safe here. Uh, we are all good to go, and they've got uh, gloves play a on. Trumpet with an N95. Well, who knows? It's amazing things. You just pull it down while you're playing, and then uh, apparently COVID doesn't spread that way. So here's oh, wow. the uh, here's the situation. <laughs> uh, Brady made mention to the Detroit Lions fantastic record against the spread for you oh, gambling right. degenerate yeah. flunkies here. Uh, the Detroit Lions were 11 and six this season against the spread. Yep. There were two teams that were better. Lamar mm. and Brady, you get one guess each. Who were the two teams that were better than the Detroit Lions? We get one guess each? One guess each. Oh, this is tough. This is tough. It's hard Kansas because you City. can't. You, oh, okay. You're going to go Kansas right. City? Yeah, yeah, I can't be right. Okay. That's not close. I, you, I can't can't go, <laughs> you, you can't go with teams that you'd expect to be good, LeVar, because it's like teams that you had no expectations for. I'll give you guys a hint. All right. I'm just going to forget that you said Kansas City because they're one of the worst. Yeah. I'm going to give you guys a hint. <sighs> there are two NFC teams, and they're both playoff teams. Oh, Tampa. Tampa. Okay, so you're going I swear Tampa. to God, dude, I, I, I'm almost positive that's true because I feel like there's something extra going on there in South Florida. All right, uh, LeVar, you want to take a guess at this? I guess I'll say San Fran. Okay. Mm. Let's go ahead and uh, unveil like whether that. or not you guys were correct here. Oh for two. Nice work, oh, boys. Oh no! for two. The Dallas the Dallas Philly. Cowboys were the best at thirteen and four against the spread, and the Green uh, Bay Packers uh, the twelve Packers? and five against the spread this past season. So, uh, uh, so those are the only teams ahead of uh, ahead of Detroit. Uh, Buffalo yeah. uh, was uh, was fourth on this list. Hey, uh, do, we, do you guys want to know what I was picking Detroit to cover a spread this season? <laughs> not good. Uh, one in sixteen. <laughs> wow. I'm not even lying. <laughs> I, 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 at one point, I was like, I'm just not going to pick them to cover a spread. <laughs> then they ripped off like seven games straight yeah. of covering. <laughs> but it, it does go to the perception of, of teams when, like, is there, look, let's just let the cat out of the bag. The gambling community is huge, okay? It's bigger than anyone wants to admit. There's huge. people who probably gamble that are ashamed of themselves, yet they're willing to talk about it at the water cooler because – they don't want to admit to their buddies or their work associates that they bet on the Detroit Lions and they covered, but they'll talk about the game and they'll say, yeah, you know, that Dan Campbell, those guys got a lot of fight. Well, that's what he's essentially saying. He's like, yeah, they've got enough fight to be able to cover the spread, so yes. I won some uh, money uh, off them. 100%. That's, that's really what's happening here. Right. And so when you've got a team that has no expectations, but they can cover the way the Lions did, people are upset probably in Detroit, but they're willing to take it with a grain of salt because they know it's a rebuild anyway. But they know they've made a lot of money off that team. And so they're excited about year two because yeah. the, the expectations will still be low. And hopefully that team will still be able to surprise some people. Well, that and they don't, their quarterback doesn't have 22 pending lawsuits against him. So I think that probably helps too. Well, and he's know. played better than another quarterback that's in the playoffs hey. right now. <laughs> Look, last five careful, games. pal. She'll throw oh. a pretzel at you. All right. Oh, you got to be wow. careful. Uh, you don't want to piss her off. Uh, all right. Uh, let's, I hear uh, she's damn good at it too. <laughs> got to be handy with the pretzels <laughs> out here. Definitely. Regulators. <laughs> Smell up. Spinning off that thing at you. Regulators. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's uh, two pros and a cup of Joe Fox Sports Radio uh, coming up in, uh, we'll call it 15 minutes from now, another edition of Shot Callers. We're going to make some picks, try and win you some money. Well, at least, you know, a couple of us will uh, over the course 
course of the weekend. Uh, so that'll happen here 15 minutes from now. Um, so Carson Wentz, um, I don't know how what he does in his off time. Uh, there were some reports that he gathered the receivers in Philadelphia and they all threw together in like, uh, you know, wherever he's from, Wyoming or, uh, you know, Saskatoon or whatever, uh, you know, farm town uh, he's from. And, racist. Uh, what? How is that racist? It, it was pretty bad. What? It was pretty bad. Wyoming and it. Saskatoon is racist? Yeah. yeah. All right, whatever. I mean, the first thing is, I think he was like born in North Carolina. I don't even think he's like from that particular area. Now, he grew up. I think he grew up somewhere up in North Dakota. Hey, but. you know, look, North Dakota, North Carolina. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you. But bottom line is, uh, after uh, these comments uh, from his uh, general manager, Chris Ballard, yesterday, I don't know how comfortable he should feel about his situation in Indianapolis. Here was the Colts GM talking about uh, Carson Wentz, the move for Carson Wentz, and how things played out over the course of the year. At the time of the decision, we felt good about it. And I still don't regret the decision at the time. I won't make a comment on who's going to be here, going to be here next year. That's that's not fair to any player. We're not an eight football team. That's who we are. I put that team together, and that falls on my shoulders. We'll spend this month. We won't overreact. I've got to let the poison get out, and it's not out yet. And then we'll make a thorough evaluation of everything we're doing. I thought Carson did some good things, and there's a lot of things that he needs to do better. You know, our passing game has to be better. So there's that from the uh, Colts general manager uh, pointing out, uh, you know, kind of the obvious, not an ideal situation to uh, finish up with there in Indianapolis. I said this yesterday. His stats weren't that bad this season. And and I would ask you this. Who's their number one wide receiver? Are Mm. we just going to say T.Y. Hilton and say be done with it? Because, like, Phillip Rivers and T.Y. never really had a great connection. Pittman has come on. I don't know that anyone's looking at the roster that Ballard's built and said, oh, yeah, they've got a definitive number one wide receiver to throw to. The offensive line was banged up. I I think for a first year with all the new pieces, new surroundings, he actually played okay. I mean, it wasn't great, but I don't know that you can expect him to play much better than, than what he did in his first year in a completely new surrounding with all new people out around him. I mean, I... I'm, I'm, I'm saying this off the top of my head. I have no idea what Philip Rivers' stats were two years ago. I have to imagine that Carson Wentz was similar. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm wrong in that assumption, but I think – and the record wasn't as good, but I bet if you, if you look at the stats as far as touchdown pass, interceptions, all that stuff, they're probably similar to one another. Wentz might have been even a little bit better to some degree. The thing about Wentz is he – he came in in a, a curious situation. The The team had already been viewed as a, a team that was ready to take the next step and was missing that one piece, and it was at quarterback. And 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 this team was so far ahead or so far along and so so well put together that even in the twilight of Phillip Rivers' career, he was able to lead this team to a winning season, a successful season. And I think that that was going to put a lot of pressure on the next guy who took over. And then Carson Wentz coming from the situation and the scenario from Philadelphia the way that he did, he was going to be under more scrutiny. And that scrutiny was going to build because, you know, basically uh, the head coach being the the person that he had his most successful season with. So everybody created an expectation and a standard 
for what they felt this Colts team would be and and adding uh, what will perceivably be an upgrade to Phillip Rivers at the position. And and so when he didn't, you know, when the team didn't perform at, at the level in which, you know, it would be considered a, a step forward, a higher level from what they did last year, you got to look for somebody to be the scapegoat of why the season didn't go the way that you'd have liked for it to have gone. And most would say definitively where your defense is, is really, you know, supposed to be the catalyst of this team. You have a running attack that, that is, is successful. It's got to be the quarterback. And, and I think that that's what, what Carson Wentz is going to deal with moving forward. And I think he's going to be judged off of that. And I think that the Colts will look at it and say, did this experiment work? And, and we'll know if they felt like it did by if he's there next year or if he's not there next Ooh, year. Oh, good question. Hey, Jonas, yeah. do you, I'm going to ask you this, Jonas. Do you think Carson Wentz – this is with the Colts next year because I do have some odds. I do have some odds on this. Um, yes, but not because they're all on board. It's because I don't know what options they have because um, I don't think anybody's trading for them and they don't have a first-round pick because that's yeah. gone because of Wentz. Well done. By the way, uh, so you're, are you guessing that he's the, the favorite is for him to stay? Yes. Yes, you're right. Minus 170 right now. According to Sports Lines Odds Bakers. Oh, so it's close. Minus, minus 170. It's plus 120. That's a no, right? So for the gambling community, minus 170, you got to bet 170 to win 100. And then obviously, um, you know, you bet 100 bucks. You could win 120 if you don't think Carson Wentz uh, will be there next year. How much of this, when you hear Chris Ballard, he does sound frustrated. And, and I understand why. It, it awful way to, to end the knocks. season. Well, the hard knocks. <laughs> but. Dude, this is the fourth starting quarterback in four years. Like, they've got a new starter every single year. Andrew Luck, uh, you know, put him in a, in a bad in spot. They were such a good position when they had Luck, right? I know, and, and, and I think that's probably part of the reason why he took the gig, because uh, he's been there since, what, 2017? Frank Reich um, has got to be frustrated as well, too, because he's got a different starting quarterback every single year. I, you guys would know better than me. It feels like when you've got that much turnover at the most important position every single season – it feels like that, that's a hard hill to have to climb to try and get this team to where it needs to go, which is, you know, a potential Super Bowl the, contender. The other thing that makes it difficult is you make the trade for Wentz. You go 9-8. and eight. To LeVar's point, you, you think you're a team who's on the rise. They went, what, 11-5 the year before? Yeah. So you think you're like a double-digit win team for sure in the playoffs, maybe winning the division with Wentz. You're supposed to, right? And you end up taking, I don't want to say a big step back, but – definitively a step back and now you find yourself in this precarious situation you can't really get out from underneath Carson Wentz contract I mean his dead cap hit is 15 million and if you were to make him a a post June 1 release and designate it that way it cuts that number in half you spread it over two years as far as the salary cap hit if they want to move on from him but he's going to count $28.2 million against the cap next year. That's not that ridiculous, but you'd hope that there would be better results than what you got this year. And by the way, I think there will be. I think he will play better. If they build more around him, you know, give him a little more to throw to on the outside, the offensive line stays healthy. 
with that running game, you'd have to think this is a really good situation for him to be in, especially playing in a dome, playing in that division where the Texans and the Jaguars are an absolute mess. The only thing you have to worry about are the Tennessee Titans. But to that point, I think it also adds to the frustration is the fact that you're in a division where you've literally got two of the worst teams in the NFL <laughs> and you still can't figure out a way, A, of beating Jacksonville in Jacksonville. You haven't done that in eight years. Jeez. And then on top of that, being able to, to assure yourself at least a wild card spot. That and also you guys remember, he did start the season injured. I mean, he got yeah. hurt during camp. Quentin Nelson got hurt. Um, and there was this you know push and this rush to want to come back. So it's not like he started on an even playing field with everybody else. He, it felt like he was you know trying to play from behind the entire yeah. year. So. He had that neck injury, that um, thing on his neck. Right? Yeah, I mean that. Oh, asteroid. About, oh he knew he had an ankle. Oh. Yeah, you mean that asteroid that landed oh. on the back of his neck? <laughs> well, I didn't know. What? I mean, look, can we get to the bottom? I mean, what, what does he use his body wash? WD forty. I mean, like, how does something like that end up on your neck? You, you I mean, know, I just, they say glaciers are bigger underneath the surface hey. than they are. What you can see. <laughs> look, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's uh, two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio. Lavar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. Coming up next. Uh, we are going to try and make you some money over the weekend in the NFL. It's yours right here on FSR. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, man, you guys should, should have seen me. I Air was drums. rocking out on the drums. Air drums. Oh, man. Air drums. Come on. It's a Air good drums. drum song. Come on. Yeah. Two pros and a cup of Joe, Fox Sports Radio. By the way, if you're listening on the podcast, it's a uh, bass flame. When that yeah. bass flame kicks <laughs> yes, in. There's, no, there's definitely no uh, uh, bass flame on that, but it is uh, Everla- Everlong or Everlast, whatever it is. Everlong oh. by Foo Fighters. Oh, okay. Who cares? Uh, it's uh, Brady Quinn, LeVar Arrington, Jonas Knox with you here. By the way, coming up top of next hour, a little over 10 minutes from now, uh, somebody is telling a tale uh, that may not be accurate, and it's a pretty damning thing to uh, to screw up. Uh, so we will get into all that for you here uh, top of next hour here on FSR. Uh, right now, though, it is time for something we do on the show every single Friday, and it's called this. So... You think you're running these streets? Let's find out. <laughs> Here's your shot callers. All right, Lee Delap, our executive producer. Uh, hey, tell us. Lee, tell us what the damage is, how bad Brady was a week ago. I can't wait for this. Well, Jonas, Brady's actually the only one who won last week, picking the Vikings minus five and a half, hosting the Bears. They won 31 17. LeVar, unfortunately, he picked the Eagles to cover plus three and a half, but we all know Dallas won that one, 51 26. And Jonas. You were pretty bullish there on Bama winning the national championship. Of course, we all know how that one ended up. Georgia taking the title 33-18. Okay, but what I heard is that, uh, and I don't know what you're talking about, Lee. What was the uh, the point spread there uh, between, uh, I don't understand. What do you mean? Because like, I thought I had uh, Bama plus uh, 24 and a half. 
Yeah. Did I not? Yeah, that wasn't the case. Hey, uh, I do I do want to give LeVar some credit, though, because, I, I mean, I think Philly could be that sneaky team, but he believed in the mustache, the Minst- yeah. Minshew mustache, the yeah, mustache I magic. I did. That was what he was about, baby. He was trying to get those mustache rides. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering whether that, that was going to be. That is true. Throw it in there. Of course I use was. milk for my mustache. <laughs> <Do> <laughs> Mine doesn't grow in as thick as that, oh, so I, I went and got some milk on there. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. Uh, just yeah. the, ladies and gentlemen, the, the face of big new kickoff, Brady Quinn. Uh, yeah. Class, class personified yeah. uh, through and through here. Yeah. Nice work. All right, the mustachio uh, man. <laughs> Lee, uh, who, uh, who's going first? How are we doing this? Winners go first, so Brady, call your shot. I'm uh, Roberto. I'm sorry. I'll just start by saying that the uh-huh. Raiders got into the playoffs after everything they dealt with this season. Rich Bisaccia's done a heck of a job. Derek Carr's done a hell of a job. The entire team uh, stepping up. But, but this is where it ends. They, oh, they go to Cincinnati. Dios the the Bengals are a team that's well rested. They didn't play any of their starters last week, and I, I just I'm concerned it's a bad matchup. For the Raiders, could be inclement weather. I think Roberto would even agree. Carr has not played well outside in an adverse condition. So the Lions five and a half, lay the points, baby. I'm I'm sorry, Roberto. I I hope for better things to come next season for him. But I said it before, and I'll say it again. The Bengals have the best path to a Super Bowl in the AFC. They're going to get probably the chance to avoid – Buffalo and KC, especially if all the favorites win this weekend in the AFC, they would then get Tennessee coming off a bye. And even with Derrick Henry, I still think Cincinnati has a better chance of advancing that way than playing the winner of KC and Buffalo in that scenario. So it starts here with the Raiders. They cover the five and a half. Feel good about that. Wow. Jonas, call your shot. All right, well, listen, uh, I'm going to go to Monday night. Uh, I'm going to go to Kyler Murray over 35 and a half rushing yards, and here's why. If you talk to any gambler, they'll tell you, the professionals, that if you have a mobile quarterback, lean this direction, especially in a playoff game and a critical one, especially early in their career, because they're just looking to make plays, and they're more likely to pull the ball down and run with it as opposed to try and force it and make a mistake through the air. And when you look back at Kyler Murray's two previous games against the Rams this year. He ran for 39 yards in the first meeting. He ran for 61 in the second meeting. So you're telling me all I got is 35 and a half I got a hit in the third meeting, a critical playoff game, win or go home. Give me the over 35 and a half rushing yards for Kyler Murray. Mm. Lastly, LeVar, give us a shot. Yeah, man, Brady. You know what? I'm going to go with the over-under on Arizona uh, Rams game. I say take mm. the over on this one. I, I wow. think that the, right. this being a a massive, massive game for both teams, I think that neither are going to go out easy, easily, and I think that they'll be able to put points onto the board. So they'll beat that 49 and a half. So take, take, the, take the over on the points. By the way, I, I was tempted to take uh, Tampa Bay minus eight and a half because I think they're going to slaughter Philly. I think they're yeah, going to absolutely Well, I think you lose that bet. I think you're going to lose that bet, bro. It's a big line, man. Yeah. Well, listen. It's not only a big line, but there's a big line in Philadelphia, if you know what there I mean. Is, and it's Fletcher about to Cox. travel. Who yeah. uh, is pretty close to being a relative of Jonas Knox? Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Cox yeah. and Knox, man. Yeah. I'm surprised yeah. he's not backing yeah. his man. You know, yeah, I'm yeah. surprised Knox 
isn't behind Cox, yeah, but he's, he's that, not. Yeah, but you know what, Brady? Podcast. Cox travel. You just know that. Yeah, that's right. Yes, and, he does. And, and, and they travel down to Tampa. Yeah. That's right. That's Knox right. Tra- Cox. Traveling yeah. Cox. That's little, right. Uh, yeah, a little podcast coming. Yeah. What? Or you could just listen to uh, Knox Locks, you know, every Saturday. Uh, oh, and three uh, last week. Yeah, I just yeah. want to Everybody's uh, I can have a bad week from time to time. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.